Hello, everybody, and welcome to the final episode of the year for the Media <laughs> Boat Podcast, our weekly edition of us talking about movies, TV, music, and video games. My name is Mike. His name is Matt. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. Thank you for joining us, as he mentioned. This is the Media Boat Podcast's eighth season finale. Believe it or not, we've been doing this for eight full years. Just think about that for a second. Just consider it. Let it let it fill you, fill your soul. Um, yes, I double checked it before you. I know that's what you're doing right now. I looked at last year this time and it did say season seven, believe it or not. So that means that this has to be season eight. Is that uh <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that's right. That means that. Next year, we'll be going into the ninth season of this podcast. And, you know, just like any other show that's gone into eight seasons, um, we had a wedding and we had a baby, you know, like the usual things that you do in Sweep Sweep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, but we're here and we're ready to wrap up another episode. Speaking of, if you haven't been paying attention to your feed or the YouTube channel, you might have missed our year-end wrap-up series. We've already completed the first Four episodes of the five-episode year-end wrap-up series, where we wrapped up the year in music, then video games, then television, and then most recently, the year in movies. That included wrapping up the news stories of the year, picking one news story each to represent the topic, and then telling you our top five favorite things of all of those categories, leading to one site favorite for each of them. Then... We're not done. We've got one more after that. Uh, this coming weekend, enjoy your New Year's by looking into the New Year with our final wrap-up episode where we will gaze into our crystal ball and look into what may um, appear in 2024, the year ahead. So look forward to that. If you're wondering where that, you can find all those. They're either in your podcast feed that you already get this show, or they're on the YouTube channel in video form. You can always also see special write-ups that we've done on MediaBoatPodcast.com, where you can check to see um, exactly why we chose the things we chose for our top fives. So you can check all of that out. All right, what is the count? You are uh, staring at data. Yes, uh, I got the data. Uh, we So you're right. This is episode 415. Yeah. Um, I've... And then overall, in terms of like total episodes, including bonus stuff, we have done 478 episodes. Mm -hmm. This will mm -hmm. be 479. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So depending on which count you want to go on, we are either closely approaching the number of episodes of Family Guy or <laughs> the number of episodes of Law and Order. Oh, dun dun. Yes. But then after we passed Law and Order... We still have to pass Law and Order SVU. <laughs> now, I'm more curious about where does this le uh, lead us to the most popular podcasts? I don't think we're going to catch a lot of other guys who started, like, it got a big start from uh, ahead of us. But um, I don't know. I feel like we're beating a lot of a lot of shows at this point. Uh, uh, it's a scripted show, sure. But are we, <laughs> we scripted? scripted? No, we ain't scripted. I don't know, um, because we do follow a script. <laughs> well, anyways. Anyways, uh, no more dawdling around. We've got a show to do, and let's start like we always do with the music section. Yes, start the music section with the billboard. We start the billboard with the Hot 100, and we start the Hot 100 with the hottest lady in the land, Mar Miss Mariah Carey, <laughs> as she melts your heart away with All I Want for Christmas is You. Yep, we'll have more information about that in our story in a little bit later. At number two, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Coming in at three, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. At four, Last Christmas by Wom. And rounding out your top five, A Holly Jolly Christmas by Mr. Snowman himself, Burl Ives. Uh, if that sounds familiar, it's because nothing in the Hot 100 changed since last week. And that's because it was still Christmas as of this, <laughs> as of yesterday. Yes. By the way, I had to scrounge for these charts because technically they don't go officially up until tomorrow. But because the day late because of Christmas. Yes, but I deduced them, so these are these are accurate. 
So as for your Billboard 200, your albums chart at number one and finishing the year at number one is 1989, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. Coming at two, Pink Friday 2 by Nicki Minaj. At three, Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Coming in at four, Christmas by Michael Bublé. As for new releases, and number five. And number five, one thing at a time by Morgan Wallen. If so, you <laughs> want to help knock off Morgan Wallen from the top five, there are no more new releases. <laughs> nope. Just nope. wait until next year. Uh, which is in a week. Uh, what I will say, though, real quick about the 200 is that, yeah, so Taylor Swift keeps doing this thing where every other week her records will just reappear in the top five again. This week, Midnight's came up from, like, number nine back to number three out of nowhere. Also, Morgan Wallen entering back into the chart after being ousted by the Christmas stuff for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but other than that, it's this, um, you still have Pink Friday here. You still have Michael Buble. But, yeah, it was just weird seeing taylor come right back up for no reason because if we learn anything 2023 is the year of taylor swift <laughs> because it's a prime number yeah it's true she loves us she i know i am riding <laughs> that taylor swift train all the way to fantasy finals which we'll get to in sports <laughs> and games we'll get there we'll get there but before we get there you're talking about mariah carey well, she already held the record for the most weeks spent at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, but she has put it even further out of anyone else's grasp by claiming a 93rd week on top. Thanks to All I Want for Christmas is You, continuing its annual reign again this week. The song is number one on the Hot 100, for the second straight week after it seceded its usual recent spot atop the chart to Brenda Lee's Rocket Around the Christmas Tree for the first two weeks in December. Of Mariah Carey's 93 weeks on top, 14 of those have been with her Christmas tune, continuing its latest edition. The current Hot 100 includes data for the chart weeks that ended December 21st, meaning... Mariah Carey has a strong shot at being on top again on the next chart, too, given that it will include results for four more days leading up to and including Christmas itself. Uh, First thing I'll say, yes, very slow music week, so I had to kind of come up with some news. And so both are Christmas related because, hey, it was just Christmas. Uh, But second, though, I thought it was kind of interesting that because of this, Mariah Carey probably won't be beaten with that record. Like that record won't be beaten for a very long time. It's going to take quite an artist to beat that. And I don't know how they're going to, unless they come up with a Christmas standard of their own that hits number one every December. Right. Cause this is, this is not just all I want for Christmas being on top for 93. Cause this is right. the entire discography of Mariah yeah. Carey with 14 of those weeks being all I want for Christmas. So if you're Plus, curious, whatever it continues to right. be, as that number will only continue to grow. Yeah, if you're curious where that started and why it only has happened like 14 times is because they only started counting it since 2015. So basically 2015 onwards, All I Want for Christmas is You has been eligible to even be on number one on the charts. Because before that, they were counting the plays differently. Streaming is responsible for that change of part for Billboard, and that's why you see it chart every single year now because streaming numbers oh streaming oh streaming but if you're wondering about well what if i get tired of these older christmas songs what about the new ones well you know you could have some more contemporary records with s cap uh as s cap (laughs) i've been doing it's just fun to say s cap it is fun to say s cap Yes. As we're, doing, <laughs> as we're doing its part to promote the idea that more contemporary records are able to find at least some traction during the holiday season. To that end, the Performing Rights Organization has been publishing a list it calls the Top 10 ASCAP, <laughs> New Holiday Classic Holiday Songs of the Year. 
recognizing only compositions that have a copyright date from 20 years ago or less. Along with its regular annual ranking of all Christmas songs that have ASCAP members among the writers, uh, Kelly Clarkson, in fact, tops this particular top 10 list with Underneath the Tree, a co-write from Greg Kirsten from her 2013 Christmas album. She also has a second song on the list, Santa Can't You Hear Me? No. <laughs> Wrong song. Oh, sorry. Uh, from her follow-up holiday album <laughs> of 2021. This one, placing at number seven. Two Christmas songs that were released this year made the new classic list. Uh, do I have to credit Cher here? Yes, you do. Okay. Cher's new song that she performed during the <laughs> Thanks- Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. <laughs> DJ play a Christmas song <laughs> and which was recorded by Sharon written by Sarah Hudson and Leland and also Jimmy Fallon's on this list with Jean Stone and Megan Trainer with Wrap Me Up. Any of these songs uh, show up in your uh, Christmas playlist this year? No. Um, I really? No. Jimmy Fallon not, on my Christmas playlist? Okay, hold on. Let me define that. Not your personal ones you've created. I mean, like, you put on Christmas hits or something on the Apple Music and play that during the party. Like, that happened to you at all? No, because um, <laughs> there has been a long, long, many years of curated Ugly Sweater holiday party lists That's that true. we continually put on and play. Oh, well. Anyway... It's shown up when we have played uh, Christmas playlists around here, uh, namely those two Kelly Clarkson songs. That Underneath the Tree one has gotten some play over here, and I think we are convinced, Christy and I at least are convinced, yeah, that could do it. That's a modern That's a modern Christmas classic. Yeah, yeah, that one does pop up. Yeah. Um, I thought it went more like the DJ play the Christmas and no, the Jimmy Fallon stuff. No, 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 no. Unfortunately, we all had to sat, sit through that one uh, during the, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I <laughs> hope to never hear it again. But uh, but yeah, there. What I'm saying is, I think that there are there's an argument for some of these to become mm-hmm. staples of the season, uh, because you can only hear, you know, all I want for Christmas is you and last Christmas so many times until you're like, well, let's do something new. So yeah, I so Ascap is looking for a like for modern classics, and yeah, I'd, I'd say Kelly Clarkson, especially with her Christmas albums, definitely has a couple of modern classics. Yeah. Um, speaking of. Where does uh, Casey Musgrave's re-recording of All I Want for Christmas, I'm sorry, the Hippopotamus song? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 does that count? Because it's not technically new? No, you're right. But she does have some original songs on that Christmas record. Mm-hmm. So maybe those. Just play those That's a lot. what we forgot to watch this year. Oh, the, the Casey Musgrave special. Casey Musgrave yeah. special. Yeah, Christmas Thanks. special. Because Apple TV decided not to promote it this year. It's true. Well, oh well. Oh well. Maybe Did next. Did you listen to anything besides the year-end wrap-up of the Media Boat podcast? <laughs> no, uh, not much going on here because uh, of the release lull. Uh, there's not really anything new to check out. So, yeah, mm-hmm. same old, same old. Perfect. Then let's move on into video games. Yes. Where we roll right into no releases as it is no. the end of the year. Correct. But that does mean come next year, the first new releases of 2024 that get stamped as 2024 releases. <laughs> they're coming. That's next year. They're coming. Next, yeah. Technically, it is next year and next week. Yeah, next year and next week. Both. Yep. But let's do some wrap up, shall we? As yes. one of the biggest stories of the year happened yeah, A week within ago. the past month here. Yeah. yeah, Insomniac Games' is, uh, cyber attack. Well, Insomniac Games has released a statement on Tuesday um, basically admitting that a ransomware group released more than 1.3 million stolen files totaling 1.67 terabytes containing information on Insomniac's future titles and confidential staff information. Now, the studio has officially responded, explaining that the effect of the attack has had on the staff. Quote, thank you for the outpouring of compassion and unwavering support. It's deeply appreciated 
were both saddened and angered about the recent criminal cyber attack on our studio and the emotional toll it's taken on our dev team. We have focused inwardly for the last several days to support each other. We are aware that the stolen data includes personal information belonging to our employees, former employees, and independent contractors. It also includes early development details about Marvel's Wolverine for PlayStation 5. We continue working quickly to determine what data was impacted. This experience has been extremely distressing for us. We want everyone to enjoy the games we develop as intended and as our players deserve. However, like Logan, Insomniac is resilient. Marvel's Wolverine continues as planned. The game is in early production and will no doubt greatly evolve throughout development, as do all our plans. While we appreciate everyone's enthusiasm, we will share info official information about Marvel's Wolverine when the time is right. On behalf of everyone at Insomniac, thank you for your ongoing support during this challenging time. So, question. Do you think they're still going to work on Marvel's Wolverine for PlayStation 5? Yes, because uh, the, the, that's a deal that they already made. That's done in, you know, that game has to eventually come out. Whether or not now they have to adjust certain plans for it and uh, maybe have to change release schedules or move things around in their development timeline. Yeah, that's possible uh, because this stuff, probably all of this stuff affects that directly. Yeah, we didn't really learn a whole lot of new information from this. All we really learn here is that they, you know, they felt like they needed to make some sort of statement about it to assure fans, you know, that they're handling it and that things were shaken up, but they're working on it. Um, you know, it's pretty boilerplate stuff here. Nothing super uh, important, but I felt like it was news enough just to be like, yeah, they're aware of it. They, you know, they're out here basically saying, don't worry about us too much. We we got it. We, you know, collected our ourselves. Right? We calmed down a little bit and we, we're going to figure it out. So, yeah, hopefully. They yeah, do. but at the same time, the kind of statement also sounded like an ad saying <laughs> a lot of Marvel's Wolverine. I think because they have to say Marvel's Wolverine. You're describing the job of public relations is what you're doing right now. You have to address, you know, the elephants in the room at the same time as make sure you're, you know, ironing out what the brand is. You have to remember like, oh yeah, this is everything in PR is marketing. Like it's yeah. saying like, yeah, we're doing okay considering what's happened and we're still working on product name because product name is still very important to us. Because of course it so is. Like it's, insert, insert, insert. Yeah, but Sony, who they made this deal with, also want to see them still working on Wolverine. Like they still want to push that on people and be like, yes, no, we definitely need them to be out there saying that Wolverine is a product that you should still be looking forward to buying. So yes, it's got to be hard, and it's a really hard needle to thread, I think. Um, but you know, they're doing what they can, and ultimately, that's all you can do if you're in Insomniac spot right now. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a lot um, last week when the yeah. leak did happen. So this is just, yeah, like you said, Insomniac coming out and saying, yes, it happened. Thank you for your support. Right. We will continue making games <laughs> because we are not Bobby Kotick. Well, he never made games anyways. He just uh, told people who make games what to do. Well, well used to. Yeah, used to. Past tense. Because Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick will officially leave the company on December 29th, uh, this upcoming Friday, yes, uh, which has been confirmed. Microsoft, who completed its acquisition of the publisher in October, shared the news via an internal memo last Wednesday. The new Activision leadership under Microsoft will look like this. Colon. <laughs> Thomas Tipple, vice chairman of Activision Blizzard. Rob Kostich, President of Activision Publishing. Mike Ybarra, President of Blizzard Entertainment. And Shodolf Sommerstad, President of King. Of Activision Blizzard King. King. And they will all report to my booty. No, Matt Booty. Oh, sorry, Matt Booty, President <laughs> and Game Content of Game Content and Studios. The leadership teams for Activision Publishing, 
Blizzard, and King will remain in place with no changes to the structure of how the studios and business units are run. So this is something that everyone has been yeah. waiting for the other shoe to drop once they made the acquisition, because as we've been talking about here, Activision Blizzard needs a shakeup. Yeah. And, and really, though, it's not getting shaken up. That's the most interesting thing about this uh, story is, well, first of all, the source for this is a memo that Bobby Kotick released directly from him to other staff members that was uh, reported by uh, Video Games Chronicle. They had an excerpt of it. They also had an excerpt of one that was sent to Microsoft team members, which did not include the uh, news about the restructuring. Uh, really, the only thing that's being restructured here is that, yes, Bobby is getting taken out of the top of that tree and he's being replaced by Matt Booty. So Matt Booty, basically what this means is they'll have basically be treated the same way that Bethesda is be has been being treated, has been uh, treated in the Xbox ecosystem, which is they are separate as a company. They can make their own calls. They decide what games they make, but they're ultimately underneath a president of Xbox game content and studios, who in this case is Booty. So Matt Booty got demoted. Well, sort of. Or did he get promoted? I don't know. Depends on who you ask. Um, and now he's basically in charge of all of this stuff. Um, well, as F Phil Spencer is essentially the person in the Bobby Kotick role as kind of the lead of the Xbox Studios. So it's interesting, though, that beyond that, the people below Kotick are largely unchanged. All of the d studios within that Activision ecosystem, Blizzard and King included, uh, are staying at their posts, including Mike Yavara, who I think a lot of people were questioning whether that or not he was going to stay as head of Blizzard, considering the tumultuous last couple of years that Blizzard has had. Uh, but no, he's staying at his post, and as, as are the rest of them. But yes, I think a lot of people in the business, a lot of people at Activision, a lot of people who just watch the business, uh, are excited to see Bobby Kotick leave. And I think Friday will be an interesting day for uh, to see what exactly, like, how he gets booted. Do they let the door slam him in the back? Well, we'll see. <laughs> you look like you're researching something. I am trying to see, is this, if Matt Booty is related to one, John David Booty? No, he's not related General to John Booty? David Booty, no. And General Booty? No, none of the booties are related, I don't think. Oh, come on. <laughs> you think you so. You just want them to be related. I want them to be. I forgot about John David Booty until you just said that name. <laughs> Anyways, stop looking at football players. Let's both get I'm not stuff. looking at football players. I'm looking at booties. Well, stop looking at booties. <laughs> do that on your own time. Do that after the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's pretty much the story. Yep. I mean, this hasn't really actually going to affect anything in Activision until probably next year. But we'll Yeah, see. but at least it puts a nice little kind of bow at his time at Activision Blizzard. Exactly. Good riddance, Bobby. Alright, um, so how long till he founds and starts up or buys another studio? I think he's done. I have so. this feeling that he's made so much money that he's just going to go move to some sort of island and just kick back. Yeah, but if you have that much money, that's what you don't do. I, you would, yeah, but I don't know. Bobby's Bobby Cut, but I don't know. He strikes me as somebody who has his like being in charge of shit years that seem seem like they're over. But yeah, yeah I could be wrong. So. Mark my words, twenty twenty four. We'll see. Huh. All right, all right. Well, um, did you play anything? I uh, I got I fell back into Diablo four uh, this week. Weirdly enough, Ooh, I decided weird. to jump back in. I think partially because it's one of the few games that I own that don't require a Xbox Game Pass subscription to play the multiplayer content. Mm -hmm. It lets you go online regardless. So I was like, oh yeah, I can still play this. So I jumped back into that. And um, yeah, there was a whole season that I missed um, that had almost came and went. It actually ends at the end of January. And I'm, I'm kind of catching up with that content. A lot of vampire stuff. But yeah, it's still always the vampire stuff. Yeah. Uh, so no, sorry. It's always zombie stuff. Vampires are the different ones. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Been playing God of War Ragnarok Valhalla. I beat question mark the story. Okay. For the most part. Um mm -hmm. I just have to do so many more continuous runs to get all of the um uh objects 
and the memories yeah to unlock the quote-unquote true ending right but just like Hades. so far I've be- yeah <laughs> but so far i've beaten um tier every single time i've unlocked a lot of other stuff too so now it's oh. um finishing up unlocking and all my buffs that i get going in and then i can just try and speed run straight through it someone did like 13 minutes i was like oh that's kind of impressive yeah yeah it's pretty good you know maybe i can do that instead of having these hour-long runs where i try and do everything (laughs) (laughs) all right uh i mean other than that not really a whole lot of other gaming to do yeah no it's kind of just holding pattern kind of finishing up some old stuff and looking forward to the new year yep well with that all done let's Move on over then into television. Just zooming right through this thing, aren't we? Yep, yep, yep. Let's go into the second half of the show. And we always start television with the sports corner. Um, kind of a slow time for sports if you're not into bowls and thinking about playoffs. Uh, but yes, we do have some playoff news as we anticipate that era of the NFL season. Yep. The NFC and AFC South still need division winners. They're the only ones without them. But can you, for the purpose of our audience, uh, recap who we do know has clinched? The Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins <laughs> um, have clinched with 11-win season. The Baltimore Ravens have clinched with a 12-win season. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have clinched with an 11-win season. The Dallas Cowboys have clinched with a 10-win season. The... San Francisco 49ers have clinched with an 11-win season, and for the first time since 1993, (laughs) the Detroit Lions have clinched the NFC North with an (laughs) 11-win season. 30 years ago. It's shocking and also (laughs) not. But at the same time, like a long time coming. You know, all they do is just make a trade of quarterback. (laughs) <laughs> the the young hotshot Jared Goff and get rid of their running back who is now like dominating my fantasy team. So you know <laughs> you win some, lose some. You, you truly do. Yeah. Um well, oh, that's and then um AFC West, the Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs. Technically they're two games over the Raiders with two weeks left. They just have to win one of the next two in order to lock it up. Okay. But for the as mentioned, the AFC and NFC South still need the winners because yeah. in the NFC South, currently the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on top with eight wins, followed by seven wins of the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Like I said, with two weeks left to play, yeah. So, but then there's even more chaos zone in the AFC South as the Jacksonville Jaguars, Indianapolis Colts. And Houston Texans all have the same record at eight and seven. Oh wow! With two weeks left to play, contentious <laughs> chaos. I would we'll say, give it another week or two, I guess, to see how that pans out. And that's why fantasy football always goes to the <laughs> second to last week. <laughs> True. Um. Yeah. I, Unless well, you're in some leagues, in which case they ended this past weekend, and <laughs> some people are like. Crowning champions already. Well, congratulations then. Um, that is one of them. I am also in um, the finals in another league, the home league, the <laughs> one that I actually want to win and counts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is up this upcoming week. And right. my homie Taylor Swift <laughs> is all revved up and ready to go. Well, there you go. Speaking of uh, Taylor, I saw this on TikTok. I wanted to get your get your uh, opinion about this. Is it true that the Nickelodeon uh, simulcast has a Taylor cam during uh, Chiefs games in which yes, they are watching Taylor's reaction? Yes, there is. I love that. <laughs> just wanted to mention that. Dedicated Taylor cam so they can just go right to it. Taylor cam. Hey, that might get me to watch a football game. Well, I mean, it's not it's like always on her. It's not like a picture in picture where it's just always the Taylor the, cam. See, that's the thing is the screenshot that I saw, like the little video that I saw, it was a picture in picture. It was just up there in the top right corner. It was just a Taylor cam and it was just like up there permanently. <laughs> oh. So maybe they're doing that now. Maybe. Uh, well, she was wearing a, a um, Santa hat with the Kelsey <laughs> number on it right yeah. next to Brittany Mahomes with the Mahomes number on it. <laughs> 
Oh, I still one of the, one of the funnier tweets I like this year is still the 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 uh, I think it was a hard drive post uh, where it was uh, Matt uh, Madden twenty five co cover revealed it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> that's really funny also what did you do about madden 25 there's already a game already called exists. madden 25 no, what are they gonna do that, no that is madden xxv no there's it's no madden not. 25 no if you look at the cover of that game it is madden 25 xxv yeah no 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 no. in regular numbers i don't think so the 25th anniversary i know what you're talking okay. about no look it up if you google madden 25 You'll see what I'm talking about. I know. That exists. What are they going to do? They can't just call another game Madden 25 2023, 2024, can they? Yes, they can. I'm pulling it up right now. Also, yeah, I'm um, baffled by this. So in a really, really weird sense of cosmic hilarity, uh, there is a option where the Cleveland Browns end up the number one seed. Because they're currently at 10 wins. Yeah. They need to win both these games. Next two games. The Baltimore Ravens in the same division need to lose both the next two games. And the Miami Dolphins need to lose both of the next two games Jeez. in order for the Cleveland Browns to become the number one seed in the AFC. Wow. Won't happen. I guarantee <laughs> it won't happen. But <laughs> oh. it would be crazy to hear that both one, the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions are in the uh, playoffs at the same time and that the Browns are the number one seed. <laughs> in fact, the Lions still have the possibility of being the number one seed in the NFC as well. Okay. Weird times. It truly is some weird times. Yes. But in case you're more of a college football person, well, the NCAA playoffs are happening even sooner, starting on Monday Bama versus Harbaugh, you have. <laughs> yes. Explain. Uh, that is the University of Alabama versus the University of Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. As uh, this past week, the University of Michigan offered Jim Harbaugh a 10-year, uh, $250 million contract to not coach in the <laughs> NFL next year. <laughs> guess so because his name's being floated around with head coaching jobs always opening up and so right. he's playing for a national championship and him being a former NFL head coach for the San Francisco Ninnies there's always the option of him coming back yeah, and mm -hmm. basically trying to redeem himself but Michigan's like nah we want to lock you up so mm -hmm. that's why they're the uh, the Harbaugh's ah that makes sense then in a similar fashion, you have Texas Forever versus the Huskies. Yes. Explain. Uh, that is future Manning quarterback dynasty in University of Texas ah. versus the um, should have won the Heisman Trophy, Michael Penix Jr. On, in uh, Washington Huskies. All right. So what we'll uh, to that this coming yep. week? Yep. Those are the Rose Bowl games and the uh, All-State Sugar Bowl games. Delicious. Winner goes on from each game, goes on to the National Championship game. All right, cool. Then, meanwhile, in the NBA, we have bad news for the city of Detroit. Your Lions may be making the playoffs, but I don't know about your Pistons, as they have had 26-game losing skid. What's going on with the Pistons? Continue to have a 26-game yeah. losing streak. They have won... Two games this season. Mm. That's not good. Uh, no. No. I didn't say it was not a good. good streak. No. I just said they were on a streak. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, uh Lakers are also in a losing, uh losing pattern of late. Yes, ever since winning the championship, it's been very hard to lug said trophy up and down the court. <laughs> And they got completely stomped yeah. by Boston on Christmas Day. Yikes. And then they stomped on LeBron, and he's probably injured again. So. Oh, no. <laughs> not putting them in a good position for the rest of the season, it sounds like. No, it is not. But there's a lot of basketball to play, so who knows about that. 
Um, but uh, what else in sports? If is, is there anything else we're missing? Uh, we didn't cover uh, the 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 Dodgers signed. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, what's his the face? Dodgers signed the next Japanese All Star for like thirty million dollars or something. Three hundred million dollars. Thirty million dollars. Give me a break. Yeah, thirty million dollars <laughs> per year for ten years. Yeah, there we go. Even though that math doesn't even uh, line up, but yes. Yeah, that, that totally lines up. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, what was his name? Yoshinobu Yamamoto? <laughs> I think that's his yes. name. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Yoshinobu. Adding, adding to the pile of talent that the Dodgers are uh, amassing for 2024. Oh. Apparently, Shohei Otani gave Joe Kelly his wife. Oh, the Porsche. Porsche. Yes. Yes. I saw this. Because uh, Joe Kelly currently wears number 17 for the Dodgers. Yeah. So I guess his wife, the reason for this is that his wife had started some sort of campaign on social media, basically saying, he'll give you the 17, Shohei, if you want it. Like, he can pick another number. We know the 17 is special to you. Mm -hmm. Give Shohei the 17. And he appreciated it so much that he went and bought her a car. Yes, not Joe Kelly a car. Right. Joe Kelly's, Kelly's wife. wife because she started the social media stuff. Uh, note about this. A lot of people were up wondering, wait a minute, how does Otani have the kind of money where he just buys somebody a Porsche? Turns out he is the Japanese ambassador for the brand. So he can so it buy is the car Otani chooses. So if you want a Porsche, get really close to Shohei Otani or do something very nice for him because he might just buy you one. Turns out, it is the car Otani chooses. It's the car Otani chooses. Who knew? Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So that was that was the Otani news for the week. <laughs> a lot of people pointed out, it's like, wow, we never had this kind of media circus when he was in Anaheim, like. Yeah, I guess not. Well, get used to it. Yeah. This is going to be the way it is for the next decade. So strap in, folks. Anyway. Anyways. And then in over in hockey region, um, the New York Rangers and the Vancouver Canucks currently on top of everybody with uh, 47 points and 49 points, respectively. Seeing as pretty much everyone else is just hovering around the just over 40 points, they got quite a bit of lead there. But as any as last year has shown us, all those points mean squat come playoffs. <laughs> it's true. It's not gonna matter. All right. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Is that it for sports before we move on? Yep. Uh, so let's move into um, actual TV news then. So I guess the answer is yes. All right. Yes. No, sorry. I got Kindle alerts. Oh, yeah. The audiobooks are yelling at you. Yes. <laughs> I hate when that happens. Yes. Let's move on to proper television news. And I titled this next story Why Are We Still Talking About the Golden Globes? We're not but... talking about the Golden Globes. We're talking about Joe Coy. I guess so. But really, we're talking about the Golden Globes. This is the story that you uh, are having me read this week. The Golden Globes have tapped comedian Joe Coy as their host for the 2024 ceremony. Coy will make his award show hosting debut at the Globes, following another stand-up, Jared Carmichael, who hosted the 80th Awards last year. You're probably thinking, wait, I don't remember that. It's because nobody saw the Golden Globes last year on television. They were not aired. Coy said in a statement, quote, this is that moment where I get to make my Filipino family proud. End quote. Joy has been a headlining stand-up for years, but ahead of his 2022 Netflix special live from the Los Angeles Forum, he told The Hollywood Reporter that the industry hadn't seemed to notice his success. Quote, I just felt like, what are you acting like you don't see? Or what is it that you're not seeing? These numbers are as clear as day. I'm an arena act. I'm on a list of people who aren't comics who are selling out arenas. It's like Elton John, Billy Joel, Joe Coy, and Coldplay. Like, what are you, aren't you guys seeing? And it hurt. 
it hurt a lot. And yeah, it was offensive that I still had to convince a lot of people that what I'm saying is relevant and funny. End quote. So this is basically just Joe Coy being like, hey, more people should know that I'm like super, super successful in the arena uh, uh, like world and like people, like thousands of people have to line up to see me. Hundreds of thousands of people come see me all the time. I should be getting more gigs like this. A.K.A. Put me in something better than the Golden Globes. <laughs> A.K.A. Everyone else passed on this, so yeah. they finally got down to me on the list. But basically trying to make the argument that he's better than that and he should be doing bigger, uh, bigger things. You know what? I don't know much about him. I can't really pass judgment on Joe Coy. Uh, but what I will say is I get it. Like if the numbers say one thing and you know what you're getting hired for say another, it's got to be frustrating. Yeah, if you see ticket sales and arena sales, you get sold out everywhere. Like, and then you don't like get the phone call from Hollywood saying, we want you to have your own TV. We want you to host this. We want you to host that. You know, what do you would think of as a successful comedian, like be the first call up or like first handful of calls that you need, basically you need everyone to say no to a gig in order to get down to you does feel a bit discouraging but hey it is a way to like you said promote yourself even if people do or do not watch it's (laughs) hey i'm getting that hosting opportunity yeah and i'll and i'll save you the answer to that question no one is going to watch the golden globes (laughs) so uh i guess well i hope that he gets better gigs in the future because apparently he thinks he deserves them again i'm not gonna say either way i don't know anything about him I don't want to align myself with somebody that I might not agree with. So, uh, we'll put, I, th- I think the movie was last year, um, Easter, Easter Day. Okay. Um that that was his movie that he like co uh, co write co direct and finance. I don't recall that at all. So there you go. <laughs> I guess I'm. I that is the Hollywood people. machine working yeah. against Joe Coy. I guess so. Like, uh, I don't know who's doing him dirty, but it ain't me. Uh, let's move on to the second story, which is another uh, company that's, uh, oops, I forgot to paste the new story. Um, another company that's doing us dirty, Amazon, as they insist that everybody needs to watch ads in their Prime video service. In fact, now they have revealed a specific date when you'll start seeing said ads. It's January 29th, a month from this week. Quote, this will allow us to continue investing in compelling content and keep increasing that investment over a long period of time. That was what the company said in an email to its customers. I didn't get that email. Customers have the option of paying an additional $2.99 per month to avoid those advertisements, though. The new charge for ad-free streaming would bring Prime to just under $18 a month and would push standalone Prime Video to just under $12. I do believe that this is still included in your yearly proper prime two-week shipping uh, thing, which is usually an annual, right? Yeah, but that even that is one hundred and forty dollars now a right. year. But I'm just saying so that the nine it used to be. Right. Yeah, I believe right now I'm being charged sixteen and change. So yeah, it will go up a couple of dollars for me. I think if I add in this extra thing. And yes, you're probably wondering, why am I paying for Amazon as a service I don't use? Uh, long story. Anyway. <laughs> family family plans. Yeah. It's uh, a, gener- a generous reading. Uh, yes. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, this is, you know, it sucks that they're making everybody pay to continue to stop having ads. But what I will say is if they do end up making that deal with the Diamond Sports Group, and if they add baseball to this, that's worth it. I would absolutely add the two ninety nine yeah. as a yes. added bonus for something for I'm sports. already paying for. Yeah, like I would add that three dollars to get Angels games. Like, yeah, easy. That's an easy buy in for me, and I think a lot of people would be convinced to sign up for that if they were if there was an easy way for them to see Angels games. Just saying, well, or just any regional sports network yeah. games. So uh, let that be a lesson to you, Amazon. Get on it. Make that right. deal. Spend that money. Spend that money, so we don't have to. Yes. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, any uh, television that you want to talk about this week, besides Christmas specials, I guess, because that's all we watched. 
Uh, there are two new shows on Disney Plus. One being the uh, Percy Jackson. Yes. And the, did you watch this? Yes, we did. Let me okay. add it to the list here. I did not watch this. Because uh, the um, other thing that's on this week on for Disney Plus is the What If Season 2. Right. Um, we didn't watch that. <laughs> that is currently airing a new episode every day through the end of the year. So I'll talk about that next week when uh, all episodes are up. Yeah, but um, I can talk about Percy Jackson real quick. I'll be brief. Um, okay, because I'm planning on watching this, but I'm also very hesitant on whether this is actually any good. You should watch this okay. because I have zero context and I am really enjoying it. So the first two episodes are up, in case you don't know. It's mm -hmm. based on a children's book series. Um, Not based on the movie that came out 10 correct. years ago or something? No, this is a strict, from what I understand, what have we been told by both my librarian, children's librarian girlfriend, and also the book club of tweens who are in the exact demographic that she runs uh, that for this show and are super excited for it, um, that the film adaptation was much looser. This mm -hmm. is a more one-to-one -one book adaptation. So if you want something that's a lot more faithful to the books, this is it. Um, they've really done their homework here. And in fact, Rick Riordan is a writer on this show. So that's mm -hmm. pretty much the guarantee that you're going to get, you know, the story told as it was meant to be told. Um, I'm really impressed with this so far. I know nothing about Percy Jackson going in, only vaguely that it was something about Greek mythology. Uh, but yeah, if you like Greek mythology and you want to see a YA take on that world and those characters, absolutely in your wheelhouse. That's why I think you'll really enjoy this, even if you didn't have any nostalgia for the books, because I didn't. I, they were kind of after my time. They were after me, but I do yeah. remember the movie and thinking, oh, this is kind of fun. But then the sequel came out, The Sea of Monsters. And I was like, oh, okay, this is just CGI fest over here. Right. So this is less about the CGI, though there is some. Uh, this mm -hmm. is more about the characters. It really treats the kids pretty well. Um, it so digs they into... them as kids and not yeah. as like the adult teens that they think they right. are. Right, yes. It does a pretty good job of uh, putting the stakes right up front. And the kids are pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's compelling. Uh, it's a pretty good production so far. And it seems like it's getting really positive buzz mm -hmm. uh, already. And yeah, so the first two episodes are up. For that so if that sounds interesting at all or especially if you have nostalgia for those books uh it seems like a good thing to check out well you know greek mythology is right up my alley i did yeah. plan on checking this out you should absolutely good word this. of buzz mm -hmm. i will definitely check this, this is, out this, yeah chris christy's all like totally for it and she's right now re-reading she's listening to the audiobook redoing yes. the percy jackson series to see how it lines up and she literally looked at me during the like while we were watching these two episodes like yeah this is like one-to-one -one. like <laughs> she was like really impressed how they how closely they were sticking to the books well that's good to hear yeah so it's on disney plus and hulu um because yeah, everything's they did on both now. double drop on it yeah yeah everything's on both now it doesn't really matter but yeah all right well if that's the last thought let's move on to some cancellations and renewals what am i no longer watching uh, you're no longer watching uh, Warrior after its fourth season, as Max says that that's will, that will be its last. Mm -hmm. FX has confirmed that what we do in the shadows will also end after its upcoming sixth season uh, this coming year. Uh, this makes sense. Uh, big fan of the show, but ultimately it felt like they were winding things down this last season anyways. So I'm not surprised at all that this is going to be it. There's only so much you can do in that world, and I think they've done a lot with it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, excited to see how they wrap it all up. Stars has canceled Shining Veil vale after two seasons. Whatever that was. Uh, Courtney uh, Cox horror show. Yeah. Horror comedy. Got it. Uh, we are, I think we already talked about the renewal for the Buccaneers last week. Did we? I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was on, yeah, it was on here last week. But what okay. wasn't on here last week, yes, uh, Netflix will be bringing back My Life with the Walter Boys for a second season. And I still don't know what this is. We see it pop up on Netflix's recommend for us. And we're like, I don't like it's always some shirtless dude on it. And we're like, what is this about? Young adult uh, love triangle. Oh, so it's there. Uh, the summer I turned pretty. Got it. Yes. <laughs> I never just finished that. Speaking of, I need to go back and finish the season two of that at some point because I did, did think it was OK. But anyways. 
Next, we have one death uh, to talk about real quick. Um, Laura Lynch, age 65, was an original member of The Chicks, a.k.a. at the time, The Dixie Chicks. Uh, she was in the pre-1995 Dixie Chicks uh, before they hired Natalie Maines to place Laura Lynch. Um, and yeah, but uh, she just died, I believe, in a car accident. Yes. Uh, which is extremely sad. So yeah, that was that was a rough one. Yeah, uh, that one. Yeah, uh, was at, I mean, at the time, the lead vocalist uh, right. for, for the band, and then early on, yeah, early on, was replaced. Then they hit it big. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, still a sad one. Just missed it. Just missed stardom. Yeah. All right, let's move on into movies and our always we always start the movie section with a weekend box office roundup. Your number one uh, movie this week, because it kind of had to be, was Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, $27 million debut. Not a whole lot, which puts at the final nail in the coffin of the MCU, that or the DCU that once DCU. was. Number two, following that, Wonka with another $18 million this week. That's at 75. Doing okay. Number three, Migration, the Illumination film. Disappointing everyone for an Illumination film. Way down at $12 million. That's brutal. Do you think they should have shelved this for one more week? Uh, I mean, technically it was supposed to come out Thanksgiving week. You missed it. Yeah. That's yikes. And seeing as this uh, this uh, holiday weekend, I already know what's number one or what's going to be number one next week when we report these numbers. Maybe it wouldn't have had a chance either way. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but they... I think they really messed up somewhere along the line with migration. They didn't promote the celebrity cast. Or no, they definitely did. <laughs> nobody likes the ducks. Yeah, maybe just people just don't care about those ducks. You don't have Mario in your movie, and now they just don't care. I mean, I don't like the ducks, just in general. <laughs> not those ducks. Well, I know Damn which it. table you're not sitting at. All right. Uh I never weighed in on that, but I think I was—I think I was going to say table two. Yeah. Uh, let's move in. Move on to the rest of this list here. Uh, number four, anyone but you with a six million dollar debut. Number five, Salar with a five point four million dollar debut. And rounding out your top, wait, nope, wait at number six, also debuting this week, the Iron Claw with four point eight million dollars. That's that Zac Efron A24 Wrestler, thing. Yep, yes. Wrestler thing. Right. Right. Upcoming this week, as I kind of alluded to, we got a Christmas trio for you, which I think we technically read these off last week. Yes. But we're but operating in a weird offering, timeline. Yeah, but they're not like a part of this past weekend's box office. Right. So what will hit the box office next week is this trio of Christmas releases, which are The Color Purple, the boys in the boat and Ferrari. So something for the families, something for I don't know, and somebody something for the dads. So something for the Adam Driver and you. <laughs> yeah, there's there's an Adam Driver in all of us. All right, let's move on into. And then there's also the horror film Windingo yeah. that may or may not actually be a wide release. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll just pretend it's not. How about that? All right. All right, movie news. Let's move into some movie news. Uh, a movie that a lot of people won't be seeing is Scream 7, because, man, do they botch this run up in all sorts of ways, to the point where now they're going back to the drawing board uh, with the film. Christopher Land- Landon, who was slated to direct Scream 7, said Saturday that he had formally exited the film. The news comes a month after an insider revealed that Jenna Ortega would not return for Scream 7, and after Melissa Barrera was fired from the film over social media posts about the Israeli war against, well, you know, Palestine. While a writer was never formally announced for the film, the sequel was reported during the summer's writer's strike, so they couldn't. Scream seven or Scream 6 writers, James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, are reportedly working on a new draft for the sequel. Like I said, basically starting from zero, because... Yes what was there and what they had to promote there was nothing left like it just the corpse well it was just a corpse of what it was before everybody who mattered to the project had left and they just need to rethink the whole thing 
Well, I mean, from what I've, I, mean, I haven't seen the movie, but from what I've seen online, it does kind of leave it as a kind of finality, but then also does the horror thing of, but mm-hmm. maybe they can return. Maybe. But maybe. I don't know, do we just put Scream to bed and make a new IP? You know, I think it might be. Yeah, seven, by the time you get to seven, I think you're a little long in the tooth. I mean, everybody yeah. knows that if you hit 10, you have to take them to space, and we don't really want to see them in space. I think we're good. So. I mean, Saw didn't go to space yet, and hit it hit ten. Yet, 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 get there. I'm sure. I don't know. We'll see. It's just it's such a tarnished name right now. I don't know what they're gonna do with the Scream franchise from here on. Wait, Melissa Barrera or Scream Set Six? No, I mean <laughs> Scream <laughs> I Scream know. Seven. I know uh, Melissa seems like a cool person in my book. Let's move on uh, to our second story here. Which you have titled on the doc, 2024 story of the year. And I will say, don't get ahead of yourself. Hey. <laughs> this might not even happen, as we'll get to later. But yes, yes we'll have to start coming up with a portmanteau for these two. Uh, Pair of Warner, Warner Mount. I like Warner Mount. <laughs> Zaslavtopia. What are we doing? In case you missed it somehow. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount Global have apparently held talks about a potential emphasize, bold, italicize, merger of the two media companies. CEO David Zaslav met with CEO of Paramount, Bob Bakish, Bakish, in a lunch meeting Tuesday in New York, where they discussed a possible merger. Zaslav also has talked with Sherry Redstone, yes, of those Redstones, whose National Amusements Incorporated owns a controlling stake in Paramount Global, about a potential combination of its companies. Both companies have enlisted bankers, but the status of the talks are described as very preliminary. On the film side, Warner Brothers Discovery would acquire top-tier properties from Paramount, including such film franchises as Terminator, Transformers, Mission Impossible, Top Gun, A Quiet Place, one of these is not like the others, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Also, The Godfather of Paranormal Activity and Scream and Star Trek, and you know, we could go on. Yes. Uh, all those guys are mingling at the top of the Paramount Plus Mountain. You know, you know the you know the folks. Um, you know, and then be able to just not make those films for tax purposes. According to people close to the matter, quote, David Zaslav is not in deal mode, end quote. And his conversations about a potential tie-up with Paramount Global are said to be more exploratory, suggesting that the speculation of a near-term mega media merger between the two outfits is more wishful thinking. That real. Here's the deal, guys. They, I, I hear this a lot on video game podcasts, like about people talking about the video game industry. The same is going to be for all these business, like all these industries and media. Companies are always having these talks. They're always exploring these options. They're always thinking, well, if we can't beat them, join them. They're always thinking about this. So you don't, that's why it's not never that big of a deal when years later you found out Oh, yeah, Microsoft had considered buying Nintendo. Of course, they've considered buying Nintendo. But does that mean it's going to happen? No. In this case, this is the same kind of thing. It's just somehow this came out. Unlike a lot of stories that probably of of similar, like, size and scope have probably been buried. This one just happened to not be buried. And it came out that this talk was happening. But don't, you know, don't just start jumping to conclusions. I did fall for the day, day one. When I saw this, thinking yes. that this was actually going to be a thing that happened. But as the weeks went on, I realized, oh, okay, more and more people are coming out and be saying like, no, this is just routine. This is just routine. They're probably looking at Disney. They're looking at, you know, they're looking at their competitors and being like, well, how do we stay competitive? Well, let's talk to the other fish who's roughly the same size as us and talk about our strategy going forward, where there is an option for us to work together. These are it's also yeah. It's also a talk about debt, yeah. debt consolidation, debt from the companies. If you were to acquire us, how much debt would you be taking on? As with the um, Warner Brothers Discovery merger, it was Warner Brothers who took on the bulk of the debt. Yeah. Um, no, sorry, it was Discovery who took on the bulk of the debt from Warner Brothers right. because Discovery heads were the ones that replaced the Warner Brothers heads. Right. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, if this does end up happening, it will be pretty disappointing. I would hate to see such a storied, you know, bunch of properties over at Paramount. 
go to a company that's likely to squander it. Um, go to, mm -hmm. you know, leadership, because assuming Zazlav would stay in charge, which of course he would. Um, it just, it gives me a bad taste in my mouth. Also, consolidation of that size is not good. Like, especially in a, 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 a movie industry that's already too consolidated, has gotten too small. Um, it would just be frustrating. And it would just lead to more possibility of labor disputes, like the strikes we saw this year with the, cons with the power so consolidated. So obviously, I don't hope this happens anytime soon. It would be a net negative, I think, for everybody involved, except if your name starts with a Z and ends with a Zlav. Uh, but besides that, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping that this doesn't really happen. I mean, did we say the same thing about the Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal? I mean, did we say no. Thing about the Zenimax deal? Did no, we say we the same thing about the 21st Century Fox deal? No, we may have said the same thing about the Zenimax deal. We definitely said the same thing about the Fox deal. The one exception, I think, is the Activision, because that was such a weird grant, like weird gray area. One, the video game industry is in a weird place, but it's definitely in a different place than the movie industry. It's not like we're looking at two major, like basically two major like studios that are making video games. That's not how it is. The movie industry is so overly consolidated at this point. It's a news story when a company like A24 announces, hey, we might make not indie films. So like, this is what I'm talking about when that story is different. The other thing, reason why that story was different is because of how Activision had been beat up by that lawsuit from the state of California. They needed to be bought. They were in a place where their reputation, their legacy was shot. Microsoft coming in and swooping in actually helps the employees there. It basically forced them to do this payout, which happened last week, where pretty much if you were a female employee of Blizzard um, during <laughs> the last like six years, you're getting a nice check in the mail in the next couple of weeks. Stuff like that was go only going to happen if something like this happened. Uh, yeah, overall, you're right. The merger is not a good thing because of consolidation. Uh, but at the same time, completely different context than we're talking about here so it's it would suck i think if this happened largely but uh i don't know if it's going to right now there's not enough evidence that say that they're going to actually pull the trigger on it oh uh, but hey it's gonna, it's gonna happen it's gonna take the entire year to happen so that's why it's 2024 story of the year <laughs> we'll see we'll put a bookmark on that one all right. Well, I'll put a bookmark on that. Well, that puts a bow on this podcast season. It does. What a season, what a season, as they say. Uh, thank you for joining us all throughout the year for the Media Boat Podcast. But don't worry, we're not stopping anytime soon. We will be back next week for the season premiere of season nine of the Media Boat Podcast. And 2024 as a whole, we'll have a show on Tuesday, the second for y'all as well as our final wrap-up episode, which I mentioned at the top of the show. If you missed that, this will be the show where we look into the future, we gaze into our crystal balls at stuff that has been announced for 2024, consider how we feel about it, what we're looking forward to, if there's anything exciting on the horizon. So tune in for that. That'll go up this weekend. That'll be found on your normal podcast feeds, as well as the YouTube channel. So check those out. In the meantime... I guess we'll plug away for this show. This has been the Media Boat Podcast. If you want to follow us, you can go to podcast feeds, type in Media Boat Podcast, and find our feeds there. That'll give you an archive of all of our shows, especially our specials, like the grand wrap-up episodes. You can go to youtube.com to see our videos. Our channel is, at, uh, is found by searching Media Boat Podcast. You can find an archive of our shows there. Like, subscribe, click the bell for notifications when new videos go up might have some new video ideas coming at you next year. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, you can also find us on social media. We're on Twitter, at MediaBoatCast. Facebook, search MediaBoatPodcast and find our page. Uh, you can find us on Twitch.tv occasionally, slash MediaBoat, playing video games, video games. You can also find us on the web at MediaBoatPodcast.com, where our archives are, as well as write-ups for our year-end lists. You can email us if you'd like. 
mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is that email address. Feel free to ask us questions, give us feedback about the show, uh, what you're looking forward to in 2024, what should be on our radar. Any of those things are welcome. So uh, come in and engage with us uh, via email, via electronic message. Um, anything else that we need to mention at the end of the year? Uh, we do have one last episode to wrap up the end of the year coming Said to that. your ear holes on Sunday. Yep. And then, yeah, it uh, it is indeed going to be season nine starting next yep. week. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. Um, <laughs> we can just feel the feel our souls aging as we as we say it. Oh like, no, like... I'm looking at the titles of <laughs> years past and and see my see our titles aging. <laughs> They probably have. They probably have uh, yes. pretty badly. But hey, what are you going to do? Uh, it's not like the internet is permanent. It's not like all of this stuff is easily searchable. Well, no, anyway. No. It's not like there's an actual like database of all this stuff. <laughs> no, of course not. All right. Thank you for joining us for this episode, this week, this month, this year. This year. And uh, we'll be back next week for a new year, a new month, a new week. All of the above. All of this stuff will be new. Welcome to 2024, people. We were here. We made it to 2024. Okay. Yeah, um, you can probably I mean, watch. I just realized we'll if you really that. want to see aging, the aging process in uh, in uh, in um in action, you could probably look up the first time we did video podcasts, see how many gray hairs I had in my hair then, and see how many gray hairs I have in my hair now. It's a fun adventure for you guys. Do some homework and check it out. Or you know, just count the total <laughs> hairs and see how many are in there now. Hey. <laughs> All right, bye. I'm allowed to say that. You're not. All right. Bye. <laughs> See you guys next year. Bye. <laughs>